Well, let me extend my good morning and greetings to you as well. I am Bernie Vandal, as was mentioned, and I am the District Superintendent for the Canadian Midwest District of the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. That's a long business card. But it's, it's great to be back with you, and particularly for the reason that I'm here this morning, which is uh, to celebrate the installation uh, formally, he's been here before, but and in a sense, finally, uh, of your transitional pastor, uh, the Reverend Bob Claxton. But even before I do that, before we go on to where we're going to go, I think it would be a miss of me if I were not to, uh, to recognize the strong contributions of those who have gotten us to this place uh, on this day. And therefore, let me take a moment just to thank uh, sincerely uh, the diligent work uh, that it has been to carry on the ministry of this church uh, over the last uh, few months while we've been waiting for Bob to arrive. Uh, the strong attendance here today, I think, is a testimony uh, to the good work that has been done, the significant work and the sacrifices uh, that were made particularly, I think, by two groups of people. And I want to recognize them here. First, I want to recognize publicly uh, the uh, contributions uh, that have been made during uh, what have been difficult and trying times uh, by the staff team at Circle Drive Alliance Church. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, undoubtedly, they have gone above and beyond the call of duty, each of them probably extending every day uh, beyond the job that they thought they were being hired for. But second of all, and probably also not realizing everything they've just bitten off, uh, let me commend to you the work of your Board of Elders. Uh, without their strong commitment, yeah, without their strong commitment to this church uh, and their willingness to engage difficult territory, uh, we would not stand here today. And so to both groups, I want to say personally, I want to say on behalf of my office, I want to say on behalf of my colleagues throughout the district, and on behalf of all of your sister churches, I want to say congratulations on the one hand, and to those two groups, I also on behalf of all those want to say thank you. Bob. What about Bob? They should make a movie. But anyway, Bob has responded uh, to the call of God on his life and has come to God's country uh, to live among us, to live among you, to obey God, and to fulfill the particular calling of transitional ministry, which he's going to talk a little bit about today. And I, for one, am so very, very glad that he has. And so I'm going to call Bob to come up and join me at this time. Because we are assembled here before God uh, and before all of you uh, to install. It's the best word we have. Uh, we, we thought about uh, it, having an induction instead, but it didn't seem right to me that we we're going to be inducing you today. And, so we'll stick, installation doesn't really fit great, but, but we'll, we'll run with it. Uh, Bob has uh, 
answered the call of the Circle Drive Alliance Church Board uh, and of my office and, of course, of most importantly, of God uh, to become the pastor to this congregation, to this neighborhood which needs a pastor, to this city, uh, and even to the outlying areas. Pastor Bob, the responsibilities and duties of your office are set forth pretty clearly for you in Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and following, and it says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then elsewhere in 2 Timothy, Paul continues to write, and these are my words to you as well, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Bob, in God's wisdom and in God's sovereignty, he's brought you to this church for this time, for this task, for this people. The good news is that those who God calls, God equips and God enables. And so as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, particularly in your position, Bob, especially today, and in these days, first of all, supremely, preach the word. The whole counsel of God is revealed in scriptures and is summarized in our statement of faith. And whatever is contrary to sound doctrine, refute with firmness, but gentleness. But Bob, you're also to lead to lead your staff, to lead the Board of Elders, and to lead the people of Circle Drive Alliance Church to those places, both, both challenging and comforting, that God is calling them to. You're to steward, of course, the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper, keeping them holy, and you're to pray a lot, yep. <laughs> diligently, for your people, for your staff, for your board, and to be an example of faith to all and of good works to all, which glorifies God. That's your job. That's what you've been called to, and therefore I'm going to ask you, Robert Claxton. We'll get a little formal here for a moment. It's my mother. Robert. <laughs> therefore, Bob, do you earnestly purpose to diligently fulfill these duties in the strength that God supplies? And if so, please say, I do, by God's grace. I do, by God's grace. Thank you. You can relax for a moment. At ease. 
To you, the people of Circle Drive Alliance Church, the leadership of Circle Drive Alliance Church, Scripture also speaks. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Church, all of you and each of you, Pastor Bob has been called to be your leader, to be your pastor, and to be your teacher. And I think speaking what is today quite counterculturally, Scripture in Hebrews says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. This man that you have called has, has a high, a sober, and a challenging calling from God to lead you and to love you. And he will be held accountable for his work here uh, both to the congregation, to the Board of Elders, to my office, and most importantly, to the God he serves. But you too have responsibilities in this relationship. And so what do you do to make sure that this is a joyful time and not a burden for Pastor Bob? Well, I've said this before in other places, and I'll say it again. I think you're responsibility is at least threefold. First, and probably the most important responsibility you have in relation to your new pastor, is to pray for him daily, to pray for his family daily, and ask God to give him the wisdom that he's going to need, and the courage he's going to need, the discernment he's going to need the patience he's going to need and to protect him, to protect him as he fulfills the call he's received and as he leads you. Don't overestimate how important that is or underestimate how important that is. Second, be patient with him. Be patient with him. In spite of appearances, he is, believe it or not, an imperfect person. And in addition, in spite of appearances, he's leading an imperfect group of people. Things can, things will go wrong. But Colossians 3.13 exhorts us, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 
And finally, I call on you not only to pray uh, and to be patient, to pray for Bob and to be patient with him, uh, but I'm a child of the 80s. I went to school back then. Uh, it's going to be alliterative. There's going to be alliteration. They're getting used to it. Good, good. God calls on you to participate with him in the ministry of Circle Drive Alliance Church. He cannot, should not, do it alone. You've called him to teach you, you've called him to pray for you, but you've also called him to equip you and to lead you in carrying out the Great Commission, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, in Saskatoon and surrounding area and even around the world. God did not create you, did not redeem you to be spectators of even somebody as great as Pastor Bob. But we're called to be contestants in running away in such a running a race in such a way as to win the prize. The ministry of Circle Drive Alliance Church may be his responsibility, but it's your task. It's not his alone. It's not the staff's alone. It's not the board's alone. It is the it is the privilege. And it's the responsibility of all of you, of each of you. And so a challenge is set this morning not only before him, but before you. Are you ready to act upon that challenge? I'm going to ask you, the people of Circle Drive Alliance Church, whether you're here today or even if you're at home watching online, to stand at this moment, as I'm going to ask you to make a commitment today before the Lord and to Pastor Bob. And my challenge, my question is this. Do you promise to pray for, to be patient with, and to participate with Pastor Bob as he leads this church? And if it is your intent, please say, we will by God's grace. Great. Please have a seat. Bob, I'm going to get you to cozy up a little bit here. You know, upon your solemn declarations, Bob, and the congregation's solemn response, I now formally install you, Reverend Robert Claxton, as pastor of Circle Drive Alliance Church, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And to seal that, I'm gonna call on the elders of the church, I'm gonna call on the staff of the church, I and of one of uh, your colleagues, uh, somebody here to represent your colleagues, uh, somebody from my office, where we're now gonna anoint you and pray for you uh, as you enter this new phase and this new responsibility. So please, uh, folks who are coming, uh, come. We'll have the, the elders come right behind and the staff behind them. Uh, and then Richard, find a spot. And we'll, we'll have you join us right up here, please, as you can. Hey, we'll take one giant, we'll take one step back. Okay. And then we'll, there we go. Put the, the elders down closer where we're going to lay hands on him. 
and then bring the staff in behind. This Chad, right up here. Okay. I'm going to get you to hold this for me for a second, Bob. Click it there. There, you can be my mic stand. Sure. That's one of the responsibilities. <laughs> I'm a servant. I'm a servant. I have, uh, I have in my hand a, a, a little vial of oil. Uh, nothing miraculous or wonderful about this other than it's probably Saskatchewan canola. <laughs> but what it does, uh, Bob, is it represents uh, in biblical teaching the presence of the Spirit, the call of God. And so I'm going to anoint you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, recognizing those things, and now call on our elders to pray, and I'll close. Let's lay hands on Father. Father God, we, we come before you today with gratitude for your goodness to us as a church. Father God, we thank you that you have answered our prayers. And so as a board of elders, as a staff, and as a group of leaders, Father God, we thank you for Pastor Bob. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would bless him. In Jesus' name, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit, that you would guide him, and that through him, we would lead this church well. Father, we pray that your will would be done, and so we submit to you now as leaders. We thank you for Bob. We commit his ministry to you in service to you, Lord. And Lord, we just remember the history of our church, and we look back and we see how you've worked so diligently through your people. And Bob has taken up that mantle, and he desires to do what you have him do here in this church. We're so thankful to have Bob, and we just pray for your, for your guidance, wisdom, strength, commitment. Lord, just be with him and his family. Provide for them, for, it, for there's gonna be days that the enemy attack, and try to bring him down. But Lord, lift him up. Yes. Keep him close to your heart. Amen. Father, we bless Bob with a deep desire and a hunger and thirst after you, that his times alone with you would be strengthening and encouraging, that he would be open to your conviction and your challenge. We pray you would make him sensitive to your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for the servants that you call. But in particular, and in this moment, we together as congregation, as staff, as elders, and as colleagues, thank you for the call that you have given to Bob to lead this church, to lead this people, to lead this staff, to lead this board at this time and in this place. 
And Lord, as was done in Scripture before, we now call out boldly and ask you boldly that you would give him a double portion of your spirit, that he may do those things with discernment, with wisdom, with, with courage, with patience, with a sense of your timing that you are calling him to do. And Lord, for us, even as we pray for Bob, I pray for the rest of us, that you would give us the spirit of followership mm-hmm. and that we would follow well Bob as he follows Christ. Yes, God. I pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Well, it's a joy to be here. I know my wife's watching online. She's been critiquing me every week, and uh, she'll be here next weekend, so I'm looking forward to a time to, to introduce her to you. It's a privilege to be given the opportunity to lead this great church during this time of transition. If you have your outline, I know you're getting used to them. The beginning is two years of transition. As I, as I stated at the information meeting a couple of weeks ago, I want to share an overview of what transition means for my leadership. And aside, I want you to erase in your mind what you thought transition would entail some four years ago. You didn't go through a transition. And as a result of not going through a proper transition, we come to our place today. Here's the big idea of transition. It's this. Times of transitions are windows of opportunities for churches to experience transformational turning parts, points pardon me, towards health and mission. So many church leaderships who have experienced unexpected transition, they panic when they lose their senior leader. What happens about our Sundays? What's going to happen to the staff? I mean, how are we going to find a new pastor? But this season is not a season for panicking. It's a season for pausing. God in his sovereign plan has gifted you and I with this opportunity to evaluate the ministry of the church. And here's the big objective of transition. It's to welcome a new senior pastor to a healthy, functional, spiritually renewed church community. Amen? And whenever I'm with my pastoral colleagues, they thank me for doing the heavy lifting before they get there. One of the greatest gifts of a transition season is to give each congregation time to grieve a former pastor. And the longer the pastorate, the longer the season required for the church and the staff to adjust to the possibility of a new leader. Nobody understands the grieving process when it comes to church transitions. 
Someday I'll tame and explain to you the whole process of what happens when a pastor leaves a church and they're grieving, going to a church that's just lost their past and they're grieving, and so you have a grieving pastor and a grieving congregation and you have a, a basic political, not a political storm, but you have a basic bad news thing starting already again because I don't want to trust you because I'm, I'm still grieving the old congregation and you don't want to trust me because you're grieving the old pastor. So it's basically just a minefield. And that's why in God's wisdom we go through this. Last Sunday in my previous church they had a pastoral candidate. I was watching on my screen what was happening here and I was watching on my phone what was happening there. I love technology. Because that was the culmination, that's the culmination of a transitional pastorate. The people are ready to move forward and see what God is doing. And the vision for this transition is in your notes too. The purpose of our transition is to bring closure to the past, health to the present, and a renewed vision to the future. A great question that was asked at the information meeting was, what's the difference between an interim pastor and a transitional pastor? Well, let me quickly visualize it for you. The interim ministry is basically just has four parts. The previous pastor leaves, there's the exit, there's an attempt to bring closure, and they quickly move to the search process and they install the new pastor. The traditional interim ministry helps with pastoral care and some preaching and some short-term administration, but the, the interim paradigm is basically a hold-the-fort mentality. And as I review the history of now eight churches, you can see how a pastor would resign maybe May or June, and then a new pastor would start in September or October. The process has a blind eye to the potential issues of areas that need addressing, and so they just basically say, well, let the new pastor deal with it. And usually they're dealt with it. They deal with it, and then they're dealt with. In two years, they leave, and they start all over again. Thus, over 20 years ago, the Alliance in Canada started a transitional model, and we've been seeing some great success with God's incredible help. And as you can see by this diagram here, that there are more moving parts than just taking care of Sunday pastoral care and short-term admin. You see, the addition of ongoing assessment and prayer during the process, closure and search are part of this, but there's a greater emphasis on relational renewal, on vision clarity, on organizational health, and while the pastoral care and preaching and admin are taking place, there is a new paradigm. It's not hold the fort. Transition is a season of renewal. Transition is a season of meaningful change. And you've already experienced some change. Hang on. There's more to come. And by the way, change is the only thing that happens in our lives. It's whether we accept it or not. Transitional leaders are trained as renewal specialists and the pastoral search is done from a position of help. You see, here is the ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal is to hand off a healthier, spiritually renewed church to a new senior leader who has been hired through a positive search process in the dependence on the Holy Spirit's guidance. And when we do get to the search part and people start to apply, usually the very first person they call, even before they apply, is me. 
Bob, tell me the real story. Looks great on paper, tell me the real story. And when we go through a healthy transition process, I can explain how God has worked in us to a position of health. And as our district superintendent stated, I cannot do this alone. So after the AGM, we are establishing a transition team. And it's comprised of three members of the elders board, three members of the congregation, you and me. And they will walk with me to create the assessments. They'll walk with me to lead the town halls and they will be your eyes and ears to get your feedback as we move forward. If you're not on the transition team, well then how can you be involved? And by the way, I want you to pray. If you sense that this is something that God wants you to be a part of, then listen to him. We need to find three people who are willing, who love the church, who love the Lord, and want to serve him. But if you're not going to be a part of that, how can you help out? Well, flip your paper over, and let's look at seven things. i got to have a seven-point sermon, right? You can participate in this transition phase, whether you're here in person or whether you're online by first of all praying for the transition process. There are many moving parts, as you can see on the, on the other side, there are many moving parts, as you saw in the model I explained, pray for the choosing of right members to serve on the transition team. Pray for protection of each of our pastoral staff as we seek to minister during these days. There are some gaps that we have to address. Pray that as God's people, we will put Christ first. All oh, the song this morning, we speak Jesus, I hope, I hope we mean that. I pray we do. I mean this, we need to put him first because this is his church. He shed his precious blood for this church, for this community. So I invite you to pray. The second thing is I would invite you to listen to God. There will be many opportunities for all of us to be in a posture of listening to God. As I stated this fall, I'm committed to learning and discerning what God is saying to us as a church. And that's why when I send out my weekly email, and I pray that you read it, I've invited, if you have a circle group, I'm gonna come and spend some time with you. It's a great opportunity for me to get to know you and to hear your stories. There will be other times where you'll be involved as well, but I want to hear. I want to listen to God through you. And then thirdly, I want you to lean into the process. As Pastor John articulated last Sunday, we are here to participate, not to be spectators as part of this family. And there will be assessments to respond to. There will be town halls that you'll be invited to. And I ask of you today, to resist the temptation to stay away or not participate. Town hall meetings, you need to know, will not be streamed. It's not because of anything other than you have to be in the room, and friends, I need you in the room. Fourthly, watch to see where God is working. I wish I could tell you about the ways in which God is already working behind the scenes and in the hearts of God's people here. I would invite you to look for where God is working. 
And here's what I know. What you look for, you find. Don't miss out. Look for him to work. Believe the best that God has for us. Friends, it doesn't take a whole lot of IQ to find problems. Monkeys can find problems. But we need to find out where God is working. We need to partner with him. And we need to watch where he is working. And number five, expect to see God shaping us. Every time I participate in a transition, I wish I could take a picture from the very first day and then show you that on the last day of transition and show you the difference, but it just doesn't doesn't do justice because when I'm usually there at the very beginning, there's a little bit of nervousness nervousness, or a little bit of skepticism and sarcasm and I don't know if this is going to work. And at the end, the transformation that will be in you, if you allow God to do it, will blow your mind. And Lord willing, when we move from fear of the future to having a confident faith of the future, man, there's so much I could say about that, but my time is limited this morning. Number six, believe God is preparing the next leader. Now put this on your prayer list too. Pray that God will begin to stir the heart's of the next leadership family. And you may be here today and you can't think about a new pastor due to the grief and loss in your heart of the last one. I get it, but the equal lesson and collectively we need to ask God to preparing our next leader to come to us in his timing. And here's what I know, we can go through all the transitional stuff. We can do the process, we can get ready and we can be in the search period or phase. And then we wait. How many of you are good at waiting? I just did that for illustration's sake. I'm horrible at waiting. But here's what I've been convinced of over all the transitional ministry experiences that I've had. When we as a people are ready, and the leader is ready, it happens. We need to believe God and trust him for his timing. And then lastly, I would encourage you to give joyfully. The greatest gift that we can give a new lead pastor is a church with the needed resources to hit the road running when they come. Would you join Cheryl and I in being consistent givers to the ministry here? Partner with us so that we can minister with the resources needed to reach this community and to accomplish the things that we need to do going through this process of transition. It's taking extra costs for me to be here and to go back and still have a relationship with my wife and family. That's the cost of transition. As I was driving here yesterday morning, I was reminded of the days when I would get up at 4.30 in the morning to get to the airport to fly to Saskatoon or Winnipeg or Regina or Calgary to train people. And I remember one person said to me, do you have to get up that early? And I went, no, I get to. Different posture. Did I have to drive here yesterday? No. I got to drive here yesterday. I get to choose. And I believe God's going to do a work here, friends, if we are open to him and if we will say yes to him. 
In closing in these short weeks that I've been here on site and working at home, my heart is here. God has put a love for you and the leadership of this church in my heart. And I'm growing to love you. And more, the more people I can sit with and hear your journeys, the deeper my love will grow for you. And we need to give God a chance to do what Scripture says, to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine during this season of transition. Amen? Now, the series before my time here was the Campfire series. Great series. Can I invite you to bring your chair? Come and sit around the fire with me during these next years, these next months, and just watch and see what God is going to do and believe that God is going to do something. Believe in my belief, friends. Even if you don't, believe in my belief. Take it. And as God gives you the confidence and as God gives you the ability and the hope, you will one day realize what God has done as we make ourselves available to him. Amen? Well, let's pray together. Father God, thank you for today. I thank you for just the privilege of you opening the opportunity for me to be here. And Lord, you know the decisions that had to be made, the sacrifices that are being made. But Lord, they pale in comparison to the sacrifices that you made for us. Father, I pray that as the church family of Circle Drive Alliance Church, I pray that we will keep our eyes looking up. We are going to look back, we're going to learn. We're going to address some of the things that you point out to us. But we also know that this is your divine opportunity for us to look forward. And Father, I pray that in the midst of this experience, as we transform as a church and as we embrace and give ourselves over for the transformation of the word of God in our lives, that Lord, it would spill out. And the people who are finding Jesus, looking for Jesus. They would hear us speaking the name of Jesus and be drawn to you. I pray for these dear friends that I'm beginning to learn and love. I pray, God, that you would pour out your spirit upon them. Would you surround them with your loving arms? Will you give them a hope in you May they fix their eyes on Jesus. And Lord, I pray for our board of elders, and I pray, God, that as we look in and lean into what you're asking us to do during these days, that, God, we would have a heart that's positioned in front of you to hear your voice and respond to it. I thank you for the greatest desire of these elders is to lead your people here well. And I pray, God, that you will continue to help us to lean into you as we move forward. And for the staff, Lord, I thank you for them. I pray, God, that as, as we come together and as we work together, that, Lord, we would sense your presence.
promises and your presence with us. Lord, bind us together as a congregation, as an elders board, as a staff with three cords that cannot be broken. And Father, as we speak the name of Jesus, as we sang together this morning, and Father, when we sang those words about speak the name of Jesus over our family, I pray that everyone here who has a family that has wandered from you, doesn't know you, is far from you, that God, that you would draw them to yourself. And Father, I pray that as a church family, as we speak the name of Jesus, that we would see healing where needed here. Thank you that we're not alone. Thank you for the many gifts, the talents, and the commitment of the people here. I pray, God, that you will just bless them. And Father, we just pray for the days ahead that you will just open the floodgates and let the King of glory come marching in as we do his work, as we serve our incredible King. And we all ask that in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you folks.